This is Sex Ed Debunked, a cross-generational podcast hosted by mother-daughter duo, Christine and Channing Curley, where we talk about all the things you learned or didn't learn in sex ed and where it all went wrong. From the abstinence curriculum to the monogamy myth and the vast spectrum of rainbow representation, we'll get real about sex positivity and catch you up on everything from proper anatomy to the holistic benefits of a great sex life. Tune in to Sex Ed Debunked wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us at Sex Ed Debunked on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hi, and welcome to Sex Ed Debunked, a podcast about sex education, positive sexuality, and why leaving space for Jesus doesn't count as practicing safe sex. Today, we're joined by Bill Shaner, an independent journalist from Worcester, who's been covering the updated sex ed curriculum and opposition in the Worcester school system. Hi, Bill. Hey, how was it going? Hi, Bill. Good to have you here, and good to know that you are very well researched in this area, and your opinions really align with ours, so thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. Worcester is um, uh, sort of a remarkable city when it comes to sex education. Um, A city its size just this year passed a sex ed curriculum. Uh, that, hey, what's that would be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, better late than never. Uh, yeah, after I, I've been reporting on Worcester for five or six years now, and there have been people trying to get sex ed passed the entire time that mm-hmm. I've been covering the city, and we finally got there. It's r- remarkable for a city that size that we would not have comprehensive sex ed in public schools. Well, not so remarkable because as our first episode, most of the country is not comprehensive yet. Right. Um, so remarkable that they were willing to have the political courage to do that considering what the last um, four years have been in our country. That took a lot of political <laughs> will to get it through well, in yeah. this stage. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. That's true. And maybe I'm just uh, getting a little bit too Massachusetts brained and just seeing like, <laughs> And not thinking about the rest of the the country, but um, yeah, you have to remind yourself sometimes that yeah. even our least progressive is still more progressive than most places right, in this country. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it might seem a little odd. You are our first guest, so hooray! Um, oh, cool. It might seem a little odd that our first podcast guest is a cis white man from Worcester, but <laughs> yep. thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, but since we're talking about the sex ed curriculum. Uh, as much as I'd love to think that everyone's read all of your articles, could yeah. you just give us a recap about what the new curriculum is? Sure, sure. So the, the new curriculum is called the three R's, uh, rights, respect, and responsibility. Uh, and it is a, uh, it's a, it's K through 12, and it deals a lot with uh, consent and um, LGBT issues and uh, inclusivity and respecting boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which are which are some of the things that real comprehensive sex education should be doing. It's you know it, it's not what you would think of, like from when you went to school where you're putting a condom on a on a banana. banana. <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot more comprehensive than that. And it, it's there's a lot of good uh, real world lessons in it. Mm-hmm. Um, like understanding who is a negative influence in your life on your identity and how you feel about yourself. And that is something that a conservative contingent in Worcester just can't stand. They, they, <laughs> they, since this past, it has, it's been very contentious. Yeah. I imagine they're really concerned about the idea that you're, that the perception that you're teaching kindergartners about sex and and you're not that the curriculum is not teaching them about sex per se right yeah no 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 it's it's like the the curriculum 
does teach about sex uh, later to, to to middle school and high school students, which is but, when it's appropriate, right? But it lays the groundwork to talk about consent and boundaries and and touching mm-hmm. and feeling comfortable about uh, like giving a hug or saying no if you don't want to to get a hug, stuff like that. So phenomenal, it, yeah. It lays the boundaries early on about consent and respect, and then. That after being taught that through um, elementary school, when you start talking about actual sexuality, then those lessons are then again applied to, you know, actual sex. So it's it's a it's about providing a foundation and it's starting about so. like being comfortable in your body, being able to be comfortable asserting your boundaries. Um, some of what we've talked about on some of our previous podcasts. So tell me a little bit about what this this opt out. Uh, right, initiative right. or campaign is by one of the candidates. So the opt out, I, I I struggle to call it a movement because I really don't want to think that it's a movement. But uh, <laughs> well, a movement <laughs> implies progress, which it's not. So. Right, right. <laughs> it's yeah, more of true. a standpoint. <laughs> true. So there is a group in Worcester. They have a a private Facebook page that uh, I was able to get myself into somewhat. Infiltrate. <laughs> I infiltrated it with the help of a friend to see what they were saying, and they. Their their main method of organizing has been around the uh, the fact that when this passed, it passed with a provision that parents could opt their kids out of the sex education curriculum. So you know the kids bring a consent form home, and the parents have to actively sign a consent form for them to be in sex education, which was kind of something that more progressive people were fighting at the time. But in so, order for it to pass, it had to it had to have that. So for a clarification, is it um, because this is this you see this nationally too, is it a question of the parents' consent to the curriculum or they have the option to sign a paper to opt out of the curriculum? Yeah. I I I'm pretty sure I'd, I'd have to look at it, how it's worded, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I know that the form goes in every backpack. The form goes home to everybody and the language is either consent to do it or, or can, oh, like, okay. permission to opt So out. every parent is making a choice. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to request a form to opt your student out. That form goes home in everyone's backpack. And so obviously we're talking about this and it's, it's mapped to different grades and different, you know, you're talking about different things at different levels. Mm-hmm. So I guess every year you have the option to opt out, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Huh. yeah. Um, and it's, it's parent discretion. Right. Like kind of, kind of, a, kind of ironic to be like, here, consent on behalf of your child. Yeah. Like, mm, right. Okay. Right. Yeah. That, that is, yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it, that's something that's a, that's a battle that the, the more progressive people in Worcester lost when this was, uh, yeah. when this was happening, but the political reality of Worcester being a little bit more conservative than you might imagine a Massachusetts city to be kind of had to happen for this to go through. So, so is there a chance now I understand that there's a, a big school committee election coming up in a couple yes. of weeks and there's a real chance that this comprehensive sex education could be changed or possibly be eliminated if with the wrong candidates or I don't want to say the wrong, but candidates yeah. who do not believe that sex education is a positive thing. Yes. So there are um, the board recently changed enough to a majority of people who want to see sex education that it could happen in this cycle. Uh, we have at least one candidate who a challenger 
running expressly on anti-sex ed. Uh, and there are other people on the committee who could be swayed that way and share that opinion. Um, there, there are more challengers in the election that are pro-sex ed than, mm -hmm. than this one. Uh, her name is Chanel Susie. And, um, this is the woman with the, th this the, is the signs. Yes, yes. Yes. And we'll, yes. we'll, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. uh, she, she is the, she's a leader of this thing that I hesitate to call a movement in Worcester. Um, but like how I want to put this is, um, sex that didn't happen in Worcester for a long time because there were anti-planned parenthood people mm -hmm. that really controlled the school committee and they had controlled the school committee for many decades. Uh, and there is a sea change happening right now. Um, to get to a more sort of liberal or progressive board. But if uh, this woman, Chanel Susi, were to be elected, um, it would be a serious rightward reversal. Mm -hmm. And it might not get, sex ed might not get repealed this cycle. But they're going to push for it. Probably. But they're going to push for it. And if they get a couple more Chanel Susies on a six-person board, you know, six pers six people in the mayor, then yeah, it'll be gone. Well, and I, I, I that's at, their goal. They I want it to at, be gone. Your article talking about some of her quote unquote talking points. Um, yeah, it, it seems very similar to what we see the trends nationally. That that she talks about a, a moral responsibility or a moral objection to sex education, and we should have a moral responsibility to educate our kids because if the schools aren't doing it and the parents aren't doing it. You are going to be kids are going to be learning from the internet and learning from pornography, and that's right. that's the reality. Well, if you are right. morally in, uh, morally opposed to sex education, you're kind of morally opposed to your kids even being sexual. Right. So this is though, and we always do this in the episode as we talk about what our myth is, and our and our myth today is that you can opt out of sex ed because to your point, you could opt your kid out of school sanctioned sex ed they're still going to get a sex education yeah. from somewhere like we were talking about this earlier but it's like they're teenagers like yeah they're gonna figure it out it's like where do where would you want your kid learning about consent from like a curriculum that has your kid's best interests in mind or from stepsister and casting couch videos on right. Pornhub? <laughs> right like, right right i mean it's not a radical perspective of rights Right. responsibility and respect yeah like that's that doesn't really raise a ton of flags for me <laughs> no but, no okay. no and it doesn't sound pornography like pornography at all no and that's what i think there's, a lot of her platform is like sex education is pornography very little that's pornographic about it at all it just it's it's a it's a very respectful curriculum I mean, i've read the whole thing what i will say is that there is an organization of um fundamentalist like you know right-wing religious people in massachusetts called the mass family institute that path like uh in the past couple times that we've tried to get a sex ed curriculum in worcester and it's failed they show up to the meeting and they do really really disingenuous readings of the curriculum intended to scare parents yeah. being like you know, your kindergartner is going to learn how to give hand jobs and stuff right. like that. In, in so many words, I well, can't remember what they so were let's, saying. Let's just say, like, no, that's yeah, not what's exactly. Happening. It's, well, it's always no. Whenever I hear any sort of like um, fear mongering about it, I can pretty much trace it back to the Mass Family Institute, and they are uh, they're they're actually listed as a hate group. 
So, yeah. Um, but I think one of the things that we looked into, because obviously we read your article and we read actually the series of articles you wrote and we looked at your newsletter, but we also watched some of the um, like local news coverage on it. And that was one of the things in the video um, was one of the parents saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm torn because I think it's really important to, you know, educate our kids on consent and understanding their bodies and whatever. But, you know, what if it takes away their innocence? And that was something that this, this you know, one parent said in the video was, I don't want to strip my child of her innocence by talking about sex. And I think that's a really important misconception to, to debunk here is that talking about agency and identity and understanding self and the rights to your own body and body autonomy is not stripping away innocence. It's actually giving your child more control and more understanding of what right. the boundaries that they're allowed to set in their life. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a great point. It, very good point. Very good point. It's about, I, and I mean, honestly, you could talk to a parent like that and say, it's about having the tools for your child to navigate managing and maintaining their innocence mm -hmm. because yeah, in, right. it's a society and like a, a system that wants it gone. So mm -hmm. if you're really going to, going to get on your, your high horse, about that, you think about it that way. That right. consent and um, and and respect are, are very important things to learn. And I I think that a, a public school curriculum where all of the kids are learning the same thing at the same time is much more effective than whatever you feel you might be able to teach your specific child. Well, like I think you mentioned in one of your one of your pieces that. We're comfortable having teaching your kids about math and English, right. and 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 in the area of sex ed and and the health connections to a to positive sexuality. Yeah, these school committee members, these people who are teaching, these educators, they've done the research. Yeah, like one of the things on the on the. Um, video we were looking at from the press coverage is a parent saying, "Well, I've got to do the research." No, actually, you don't. You don't. Actually. Yeah, you don't. you don't. Somebody's done it. It's and already I, been done. <laughs> and and um, I was mentioning that I just went to a workshop this week about um, mental health and its connection to sex, sex ed, especially for our LGBTQ youth. And the CDC does this research annually. There are people who are doing this research, mm -hmm. and what it's saying is, sex education is the most important thing that influences our kids' trajectories through life. And so what you're telling us about this curriculum, that they're starting in kindergarten, mm -hmm. is they're starting to normalize the conversation, right, right. Which, which affects mental health through teens, through emerging adulthood. And isn't that what we want as responsible educators and responsible parents? Right. That's, yeah. And that's, that's very much the idea. And I, I don't, I don't understand how, like, in good faith, you could argue against that. It, like, it just seems morally reprehensible to argue against wanting that for your children. You know? But I think what you're seeing through this candidacy and through um, this Massachusetts quote hate group yeah. um, is the idea of this fear mongering. Fear mongering is is very integral to the 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 movement, uh, the the reactionary movement to. Worcester passing this and it very much stems from an uh, an anti-gay place i mean this 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 uh this school committee candidate is on record saying that she just doesn't agree with homosexuality like she's just said it out loud you know like we have a lot of feelings about that don't we yeah, <laughs> yeah. she just well, she's said it yeah. out loud and and a lot of her rhetoric when you when you approach it from knowing that that's how she feels it's like 
oh yeah, like this woman has a problem with with gay people and with trans people, and I think that's very much fueling the 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 reactionary push against this curriculum. So I want, I mean, clearly there's plenty of things to talk about about how that's <laughs> incorrect, yeah. um, but we don't need to get into it because we all acknowledge that that's incorrect. Um, what I am curious about though is, is one, you talked about infiltrating that group and I'd love to know like what you found out. And then two, in terms of this candidate and this being her platform, why do you think that she thinks this is such an important platform to run on? Why does she, why do you think she thinks this is her competitive advantage? Well, cynically, I think she sees Elaine. Yeah. Worcester is a city of immigrants. Uh, there's a lot of religious minorities mm-hmm. uh, that this sort of rhetoric really plays to, mm-hmm. and uh, like a lot of a lot of church groups, uh, a lot of um, tight little religious communities that this this rhetoric really plays to, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is you wanna think about it like a white evangelical, um, like reactionary you know, QAnon type of person who is against this, but it's a lot of Latino people. It's a lot of Ghanaian people. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are a lot of just religiously minded uh, folks in Worcester that have been scared to death about the prospect of sex education being taught in Worcester public schools by bad faith people. And I would personally consider Chanel Susie, the school committee candidate, to be one of them that are intentionally scaring them, mm-hmm. intentionally scaring them and in, in talking about how, you know, the, the moral degradation of society is, is going to ruin your child and rob them of their innocence. And, you know, the, the opposite is, is really the case. And that is sort of her lane there. And this group is very much like... Um, parent-teacher association types Mm -hmm. and the language they use Mm -hmm. in this group is like, oh my God, I can't believe what I read on page 233 (laughs) of this curriculum. Uh, We need to make people be known about this and they're just not reading it right. And they're, they do, they do a lot of organizing on that. There isn't a lot of really bombastic statements or like really hateful rhetoric on that, but it's a lot of organizing and, and they, fear, stirring up the fear. It's, it's stirring up the fear and, and misreading the curriculum. And uh, I think that there's not like, you know, they're they're not just like on there being like, I hate gay people. But like, it's like. <laughs> it's, it's, you have to read subtle. between the lines. <laughs> it's a, the, the subtext is is really there. Like uh, one of the things, and I referenced it in my piece, is uh, Chanel Susie was like, I can't believe this. Uh, and it was a curriculum, a lesson in the curriculum, rather, about identifying negative influencers on your Mm -hmm. personal identity Mm -hmm. and the curriculum lists parents could be a negative influencer on your personal identity. And if you identify that your parents are making you feel bad about who you are, you should do something about that. You should recognize it. Mm -hmm. And she just had total moral outrage that parents could be possibly listed as as a negative Influencer what kind of victim blaming on your identity, and it's like, I I I put it on a piece, and it was it wasn't it was dramatic, but it's not dramatic. Is like, look at all of human history. Look at how many young kids who didn't feel comfortable coming out about their identity mm-hmm. to their parents would rather kill themselves or or become very reactionary, hateful people themselves, and like that's mm-hmm. a that's a huge problem and for her to not realize that and just get instantly morally outraged 
knowing what she said in the past about her feelings towards homosexual people is like uh, really it's just I, it's I'm getting mad I'm getting mad thinking about it right now like, so so let me just take one take a lap take, yeah. a, take a minute I'll let you take a breath and yeah. let me let's just take a second to to provide some some level of comfort to those parents who are hearing this and and feeling fear sure and so first of all the, the new data that's coming out of the CDC is that approximately six 16 percent of our young people are now identifying as non-heterosexual, right. identifying as gay, lesbian, unsure, bisexual. So we're not talking about some small percentage. We're talking about looking around a classroom and at in middle school, in high school, and there's a good proportion of these kids who are struggling with these issues. Mm -hmm. The second thing that I want parents to hear and people who are choosing between candidates and, and trying to embrace a positive aspect of sexual education is the most important thing that affects the trajectory of mental health is sex education and parental support. Mm -hmm. And so parents allowing the sex education in the school, this is the way to support your kids. And we're t when we say mental health, we're talking about depression, anxiety, alcohol abuse, substance use, and suicidality. And if you care and you love your children, and I am sure these parents do, that the best way to do this is to opt them in to comprehensive mm -hmm. sexual education, knowing that educators in the school are the ones who have researched this and know what's best to say and to help your kids. And by opting your kids in, you are telling your kids that you support them. And that's important. Yeah. And I think that if you're a parent and you're feeling uncomfortable and you've heard some things that make you uncomfortable about sex education and the way it's taught in the public schools, I'd say that a lot of that information that makes you feel uncomfortable is designed to make you feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. by people who don't really want the best for your children. And as we get back to our myth that you can't opt out of sex education, one thing that we'll do after this podcast is post a number of resources for parents who do still feel like they want to be responsible. You can't opt out of sex education if you're going to opt out of it in the school. Yeah, you can opt out of it. You still need to teach it. So we yes, will provide yes. resources for parents. Um, some of them I'll mention is amaze.com, mm -hmm. sexpositivefamilies.com, because if you're going to opt out of the school, you better opt in in your home. Right, right. And if I can do a little bit of fear mongering of my own, <laughs> um, by all means, <laughs> your child has access to the internet. Mm -hmm. And there is so much sex on the internet and so much of it is morally bankrupt. <laughs> it's certainly not healthy. It's, it's, not, it's not researched. It's not medically accurate. No. It's not about rights, respect, and responsibility. I can tell you that. So if your child is not getting their lessons about sex and sexuality from school and they're not getting their lessons about sex and sexuality from their home, they're going to get it from the internet, which you can insinuate all of the sort of demonic um, forces you want onto a school sex education that is by all intents and good faith and has the best interest of your child in mind. Sure, you can do that. 
but the internet actually is the the, the demon. The, yeah, the internet actually is the demonic place where your the 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 interests of your your child are are not even a concern at all. So, yeah. If, and if you think that blocking your kids and you know all these filters that you have for your kids are going to work, no. Um, think again, please. What do we think about that? <laughs> please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kids are creative. They know more about kids computers than you do, and they not they know a lot. They're a lot more tech savvy than personally I will ever be. So um, right. I appreciate yeah. your insight on that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we will, after this episode, like we said, we will post some credible resources. Um, Great. We will also post about the curriculum so that folks can check that out for themselves. Um, and I think, you know, I want to reiterate here that we're not necessarily saying we get to make the choices for you. We know better than you do. Every parent has the right and every family member and every guardian has the right to think about what's comfortable for them and think about what's best for their children and and weigh their choices and weigh their options. But we do know that there is a lot of research behind this that says, have the conversations, let your children be engaged in these conversations, let them be engaged in accurate and well-researched conversations and be supportive in every way that you can so that this is a comprehensive journey to self-understanding and understanding identity and understanding autonomy throughout their entire lives. Mm-hmm. So we are not saying we know better than you do what to do for your kids, but we are saying there's a lot of research that points you in the right direction. Well said, Shannon. Well said. Thank you. Um, all right. I think we're we're good to wrap this one up. I think it's been pretty clear that you cannot, in fact, opt out of sex ed. Um, Bill, any closing thoughts you want to leave us with? Uh, no. I just, uh, if you're listening to this and you live in Worcester, the city election is on November 2nd. And there are a lot of good school committee candidates. And I would just ask that you don't vote for Chanel Susie. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so we'll have to, our tagline? Uh, Another myth. Put, put to, to bed. bed. <laughs> uh, it never gets old. Great having you here, Bill. Thanks Thank you so well, we much. This was it. a really fun conversation. Awesome. That is another episode of Sex Ed Debunked. Thanks for listening and uh, continue following us on the socials. And let us know if you have any questions. We're happy to continue the conversation. Have a good one. Take it easy. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in for this week's episode of Sex Ed Debunked. During the course of our podcast, we have limited time together, which means that unfortunately, many identities, groups, and movements may not be represented each week. The field of sexuality and gender orientations, identities, and behaviors are changing and growing rapidly, and we remain committed to being as inclusive as possible. Please remember that all of us, including us, are learning in this area and may occasionally slip up. We ask that we all continue to be kind to one another so that we can create a truly inclusive and accepting environment. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us at Sex Ed Debunked on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Sex Ed Debunked is produced by Trailblaze Media along with myself, Shannon Curley, and Christine Curley. From Trailblaze Media, our engineering is handled by Ezra Winters. Mm-hmm.